Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we've got a nine-game NBA DFS slate to break down for you. And we're going to build towards our two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP lineup today. Coach, are you ready for that? I am extremely ready. I need a second brain. I'll tell you, I'm. Uh, I I welcome it. Uh, my lineup wasn't as solid yesterday, but nice job on on your part on the GPP. I know that got across the line for some of our folks. So, good stuff and a, and a great slate today. I'm fired up. Excellent. All right. Well, let's get after it here. We're going to go in order of start time as we always do. Get you ready for DraftKings and FanDuel and then uh, put our heads together for that GPP lineup that you can plug and play on FanDuel. So with these nine games, we have eight teams involved in a back-to-back. We don't have any totals over 230 today at betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. So lower totals than yesterday. We're going to have to grind it out here. In game one, we've got Golden State and Indiana. Back-to-back for Golden State after that win in New York. This one is one of the higher totals, uh, 229.5. So, in fact, it is the highest. Indiana favored by two. And in terms of news, everybody's good to go. Looney and Wiseman came back last night. Haven't heard anything about them sitting on this second night of a back-to-back. And Indiana's healthy. So take this one away for us. Well, it, yeah, definitely a, a great game to to start off the slate. It's odd that we have the highest total game at the beginning. It's always the West Coast teams. Plus, you know, the other great thing, Andrew, we get the extra 30 minutes tonight oh, to it. get those lineups together. So that's always a big plus. Um, like you said, biggest total on the board. You've got the fourth and 12th rated defense. So that is interesting that it's the highest total but again like you said today is completely different than yesterday where we had a bunch of uh, teams that you know were poor defensively with fast pace but the good side of things is the pace in this game golden state being second overall and indiana in the top half at 14th a couple of things i i'd like right off the the bat here uh first of all i felt the biggest snub in the all-star selections was uh, Demonis Sabonis. I can't believe he didn't make it. I mean, the dude has done everything. And then some, um, you know, Indiana is 15 and 14. They're over 500. He's carried the team at times. He's been 20 and 10 all season. And he gets, uh, you know, knocked out for the uh, all-star game. So I'm going to I'm thinking he's got to be a little extra motivated. I like him whether or not that narrative comes into play. I think he's uh, reasonable enough that I can stomach paying up for him on a slate where it's not even close to what we had to pay up for uh, last time. So um, I'm on the Sabonis bandwagon. He's a shade under 10K, which seems a lot. And it is. But I think he's uh, well worth it in this matchup. He's my key go-to guy. Um, on the Golden State guy aside, the, the guy that's been really good lately, uh, in my opinion, is Kelly Oubre. He's been more consistent, more active, getting all the periphery stats. And uh, I know that he'll lose a few rebounds with Looney and Weissman back, but I just think from an athletic standpoint, if he's matching up, against McDermott or, you know, a couple of the guys on the other side, I think he can uh, really take advantage of his, his athleticism. So uh, I think there's, this is a good game to have some exposure right now. I'm just looking at uh, mainly Sabonis in this game, uh, Ubre and possibly uh, a secondary guy on the other side, but uh, a good game, I think. And I think it'll stay close from all indications. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a decent chance this one will stay close. For some reason, even though it is the highest total, I'm just not fired up about this game. I don't know if it's the back-to-back for Golden State, uh, traveling, uh, the fact that Looney and Wiseman are back splitting minutes, so that takes away from the value plays that we had looked at recently. Um, so with Golden State, I think you know these guys are playable, like Oubre, as you mentioned. Steph's a little bit expensive for me on this slate at 10000 Draymond is a guy that I, I, I'm interested in here, mid-6K range, 
uh, he played well last night. What does he have left here on the second night of a back-to-back? So, you know, even though it's, it is a high total, I, I may not play any Golden State guys. Uh, you know, Looney is minimum price on DraftKings at 3000 That could be a punt play you go to. There are some other value centers to, to look at here, though. On the Indiana side, uh, love Sabonis, you know, always uh, no easy task with Draymond and Looney on the other side. I, I'm probably a little bit more likely to go to Brogdon here at 8,200 on both sites, uh, dealing with a little bit better matchup against Steph Curry. And then these other guys for Indiana, they're all playable for me as a one-off. Aaron Holiday is really cheap, um, but McDermott, you know, Justin Holiday, especially as that small forward on FanDuel, there's a handful of guys in the mid-4K to, to 5K range that you could plug in as a one-off and take advantage of this of this pace. So, you know, I guess if there's a star for me, it's probably Brogdon or a one-off, or I may just pass this game on, on some of my lineups. A quick question, because I was looking, I wanted to try to put an Indiana, uh, you know, uh, backcourt guy in there somewhere, but I, I just, between Brogdon McConnell, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, I'm like, where are all these minutes going to come from? And then do you realize... Can you imagine when they get Levert and TJ Warren back? I don't know what they're gonna they're gonna have a, a thirteen man rotation. I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, that'll be a game changer. And right now, it is more crowded than it has been. You're right because McDermott was back in the starting lineup. TJ McConnell went back to the bench, yeah. so it it is a little bit crowded there for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe avoid it until that you know it pans out a little bit because. You just hate to be on the guy that game where he only gets eight minutes or something, you know. Exactly. Yeah. All right, game two. We've got Boston and Atlanta. This is that third matchup of these teams here in the last week or so. And uh, back-to-back for both teams after a loss last night. Boston right. lost. Oh, by the way. I, I can't remember who happen, they played. Did you happen to see the Boston game No, I, I, I missed that. I think. Oh, Okay. I, wasn't that canceled at the last minute? They didn't actually go ahead and play no, that, I, did they? I think there might have been a dead nuts three at the buzzer or something nah, like that. that. doesn't sound familiar. Pretty <laughs> sure I blocked that out of my brain. Um, happy for you. It was a positive memory and, and everybody in Dallas uh, getting getting that victory after that well, break. I got to say, I... I I, you know, how I always throw a, a GIF up there immediately. And when I searched uh, Luca and I saw the one where he's going, shh, I, I might, that was too perfect. I just had to, it, it had to go up. <laughs> I can't, I can't blame you for that. Uh, I was really surprised though that Boston didn't win that one under the circumstances. So great we'll, game though. Yeah, no doubt. So now they get to travel to Atlanta. They are the two and a half point favorites, 226 total. And Atlanta coming off a tough loss on the road in Cleveland where they had the lead late. So both teams here motivated. With that coach the, better get uh, get a little concerned. I got to think he's feeling it. They're five under 500 with that loaded squad, you know? With Atlanta? Yeah. Yep, 13 and 18. I, yeah, he's got to be feeling some heat, I would think. Yep. So with the news tonight, it, since it is a back-to-back, I'm going to mark Kemba questionable. Yeah, And when these teams played most recently and Kemba was not playing, the Boston starting lineup included Javante Green and Semi Ojale. Now, Tice was not playing in that one. So the question is, who starts tonight if Tice is active? Is it Javante Green or Ojale? And what happens with Peyton Pritchard? Does he come off the bench again? Even if he does, I like Peyton Pritchard here as a value play. 3,900 on both sites. You know, even if he comes off the bench, I think he runs that unit and gets healthy 20 minutes. Tatum is the other guy I'm looking at for the Celtics. I like him in back-to-backs more than Jalen Brown, and Tatum's usage shoots way up when Kemba's not out there. He really is that de facto point guard. So yeah. I, I like Tatum as a pay-up option here. On the Atlanta side, big news there. We've got John Collins questionable after the uh, potential concussion last night. Cam Reddish, I'm marking as questionable because he didn't play last night. And we had Snell and Hill step up as value plays last night. So we're just not quite sure at this point in the day here at lunchtime what the starting lineup is going to look like. Um, 
if Collins and Reddish are out, does Gallinari potentially get a start? He's he's a mid a value play in the mid four K range. He's playable to me. Uh, who is the other guy that starts? Is it Snell? He and Hill are are great values again. Herter had a nice bump in performance and usage yesterday with with the uh, absences, and um, you know Clint Capella is also a consideration for me. But I'm leaning more towards a Boston guy or two here in this context. Yeah, you know. This is an interesting game. 224 with 224 and a half, the you know, is a decent enough number on this slate where we have some uh two teen games, you know. So not there are some guys that that I think deserve at least a look. Um you know, defensively they're 13th and 22nd and pace-wise they're only 23rd and 16th. So you know, it's a mixed message here, which is this whole game is sort of a, a confusing thing. We need to know if Collins is playing because if he's not, um, you know, my sense is a little extra run for, for Gallo and he is cheap, but he can also sting you right in the backside pretty easily. So you got to, you know, on a nine game slate, you got to think twice there. Uh you know, with Kemba out, I think you make the the best point is is really uh, Tatum. Even when Kemba's playing, there's a lot of times it looks like Tatum's playing the point guard. And you know, he's I'll tell you, he really is. I appreciate after watching that entire game yesterday, he is a complete player. I mean, he really is defensively uh, shut down. Uh, he can shoot it outside, penetrate, rebound. And now he's added the dimension of of really seeing the floor and being able to pass the ball. So very high on him, but I don't know if I want to go to that price because I hate this game so much. You know, you got two teams, 15 and 16 and 13 and 18, that aren't exactly hot. Um, the pace isn't really great. And, you know, I just... You know, I really don't like this game, and I'm probably not going to have any exposure. If I can find a way on DraftKings and Yahoo specifically where you have multi-positionality, I wouldn't mind finding a spot for uh, Mr. Tatum, but uh, not not the game that I'm targeting at all. All right, game three is the other 730 tip. There are three of them. This one is Houston against Cleveland. Houston favored by three after getting blown out against Chicago. And yeah. and the total here, 217.5. Cleveland coming in after that win last night against Atlanta. The news here, we've got Oladipo and Gordon questionable for Houston. And on the Cleveland side, I'm going to mark Torian Prince as questionable as he sat out last night as he tries to get back in the lineup. So uh, any interest for you here in Game 3? Well, you know, and again, we, we usually have one or two games like this when we do this podcast at lunchtime. And, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but we have to have the news here. I mean, how can you evaluate this game without knowing if Oladipo and Gordon are going to play? And they're both questionable, literally the 50-50 kind of questionable, where I have no idea which way to, you know, put them in or, or take them out. So, you know, that shuffles the entire deck. If they're both out, John Wall becomes a, a must-play. Um, just out of sheer, uh, you know, he, he's going to have incredible usage. And then, you know, value plays come into play in that situation too. Mainly with, I would say, House and Tate. Um, if they play, then you know all of that gets you know flushed, and and you you look. I don't play. I don't go anywhere with Houston. Uh, Cleveland is slow enough. Uh, that I think that that would eliminate, you know, that split usage type of situation. Um, right now, Houston is fifth defensively, so that's a deterrent for the Cleveland guys. Cleveland's only 24th, but again, you know, the question is how many guys are Houston going to have splitting up that usage? Uh, Houston's third in pace, Cleveland 26. Cleveland does do a good job slowing things down. They did with Atlanta last night, and they beat them by one. They stay in the game. They shorten the game with possessions. Uh, you know, I think Bickerstaff's doing a terrific job. Even though they have a bad record, they're in games, and they find a way to win some like they did last night. Um, 
who knows? You know, Dean Wade got to start the last game. I know some people jumped to him. Jared Allen has been solid. I think he's probably the best play from this game, considering the fact that this, you know, dumpster fire of Houston, they're cutting cousins and, you know, uh, their main guy is still out wood. And so they they have a gaping hole inside. And you would think Jared Allen would be the guy to, to really take advantage of that. So, you know, I just wish his price was a little better. But he certainly, you know, to me, is the, the, the playable guy on the Cleveland side. Um, I know a lot of people have put in Garland lately because his price is somewhat value. Uh, Sexton's a little too high for me, but, you know, certainly can have a game where he can blow it out. But those are the only guys I'd be interested in on the Cleveland side. Uh, but again, with the Washington, the Houston news, once we have that, uh, we'll determine how the chips may fall. You know, I could come out of this game with a John Wall, uh, you know, Daniel House and Jared Allen, or if it shifts the other direction, you know, could just be a one-off. So we got to get the news, in my opinion. Yeah, and the Cleveland guys, those are the only ones I think you can consider at this point in the day, not knowing who's going to start. Allen should be able to score over those guys in the paint, House and Tucker, but he is a little bit expensive. Uh, Sexton too expensive for me. Garland is a potential play. On the Houston side, assuming those guys are out, uh, House is probably the starter I would look at. At 4500 on FanDuel, he fits in that category as a small forward that you could use. Wall will have a lot of usage. I'm not sure if I'm going to go there in the mid-8K range. Against that Cleveland backcourt, though. Yeah, it is, it's a good matchup. I just I hate the fact that he his minutes were so down in the last one. I know it was a blowout, but if Oladipo and Gordon are out, he doesn't have as many weapons to go to either. Right. Um, They're such a mess in Houston. They right are now. an absolute mess. That's why I'm I'm just a little bit concerned here. They're yeah. they're really struggling. Um, yeah. I think some folks will look at Nawaba. He's had a couple good games lately. He really did, man. That last game, I, you know, I was someone had asked me in Discord, and I said I'm just not a big Nawaba guy. He went crazy. I didn't, I didn't know he could make threes like that. Where did that come from? I'm not either. I'm just he's not a great shooter. No. So you have to rely on the other stats, and now he's 5100 on both sites. So I'm, I'm not going to trust that, even if he's starting. He could yeah. he could pay off value. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he looked like LeBron the last game. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there is another value play that I want to mention. It's Justin Patton. He yeah. uh, has been added to the roster here. He's only 3,500 on both sites. Talented, big, uh, paid off in his 21 minutes in the last game. Uh, I like him as a as a GPP option here off the bench. So that's the that's the way I'm going to go here with value plays. Maybe House, maybe Patton. Let me let me give the warning on Patton. He was a Dallas Maverick in their G League and just did not get it done. He was awful. They cut him. They let him loose from the G League. So I don't know where where they dug Patton off the, the scrap heap. But when I was watching the other day and he was in there, I was like, when the heck did the Rockets sign Justin Patton? So I am definitely not a fan. But, you know, I he's the kind of guy that will start and just as a warning, I mean, that I see that he'd start and get like 10 minutes, you know? So, you know, buyer beware. I mean, you may get what you pay for at the bottom dollar, but if somehow they're desperate enough to try to put a big up against Jared Allen and he gets 25 minutes at min price, you know, why not? That's the idea for sure. All right. Game four, we shift to the eight o'clock tip offs, starting with Toronto in Miami. 214 and a half total. Miami favored by three. The news here we've got Lowry probable to get back in the lineup. Right. And yeah. then with Miami, big news here Hero and Dragic are both questionable. So what yeah. do you like here? Well, this is a game I'm really excited to watch. These are two of my favorite teams after the Mavs. I just like these two teams and their coaches. That's why I'm a I'm more of a coach fan than anything else. And Nurse and Spolster, what a terrific matchup. Possibly the two best coaches in the league, in my opinion. But uh, 16 and 16 Toronto after the 2 and 9 start, you know, they've certainly turned it around. 
and they haven't been healthy the whole time either. And then the Heater are still three games below 500, but they're they're steamrolling back into the hunt as well. So you got two good teams, two good coaches, but it's a low total, and you have two top nine defenses with Toronto ninth and Miami seventh. So that's certainly a concern. Uh, and pace isn't exactly anything to write home about. Toronto 12, Miami down to 24. So, you know, I think this is a great basketball game to watch. I'm excited to watch it, but I'm not going to be loading up DFS-wise in this game by any stretch. Certainly respect both teams' defenses. Um, you know, the I would say with, with uh, Lowry more than likely playing, that eliminates Powell from consideration and certainly takes a hit to Van Vliet. Um, and on, Ananobi's been back now, so Siakam, Boucher, Baines, they're split in minutes. I'm just not not interested unless Toronto's going against a very poor defensive or fast-paced team. So I won't be rostering anyone there. Miami with, you know, their two two of their main guards out with Dragic and Hero. You have to look at Nunn and Butler as the two guys, I think, as the most usage jump. Uh, Duncan Robinson, believe it or not, you know, and I did a little basketball-reference.com digging and some scenarios with guys on and off the floor. And Robinson gets his shots basically regardless. I mean, most of the time, he's going to get those threes up. They run a ton of plays for him. Uh, He moves well without the ball. He likes to catch the ball off the curl screen. So my point is, with Dragic and Hero out, his usage doesn't go up enough to justify more ownership. In fact, his... Uh, efficiency decreases because really Hero and Dragic are the two best guys to get him the ball coming off of those screens. So I'm not interested in him either or Struess or any of those guys off the bench. Um, but if I had the, the, the dollars to pay up, I would consider a Butler in a heartbeat, but he's very expensive. So really, you know, the sharp play lately has been Kendrick Nunn, but now he's drifting up in price. So, uh, you know, you can think about Nunn possibly. Um, You know, Bam's always an option, but too expensive in a game that I think is going to be pretty slow. So, you know, there's a chance I may not play anybody here uh, and watch the the majority of this game. But uh, if I can find a way to fit one of those mid-price guys in, uh, I'll do it. But uh, it's it's a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm with you on Toronto. There's such a domino effect with Lowry that if he's playing, I'm not going to play any of the Raptors. It's a back-to-back, tough defensive matchup. Uh, the you know prices have gone up for guys like Van Vliet and Powell. So I'm not yeah. I'm not going to go there. On the Miami side, I will still consider none, especially on FanDuel. He's only 5,600. If both those guys are out, sure. Um, and Mid- I agree- upper thirties minutes probably. Yep, yep. And agree with you on Bam being expensive here. Uh, Struess, I would consider on DraftKings where you get the bonus for the three point shot. He took ten threes in the last game, got thirty minutes. Yeah. And we've talked about this in Discord, how you know, few games ago, I didn't trust playing him. And we couldn't trust his minutes, and I still don't think they're locked in. No. But you know, the bench is is a little bit shorthanded here, and they've gone with a, a much tighter rotation here recently. Um, and so Struess, it's it's Struess and Iguodala and and Precious Chichua. That's basically it right now off the bench. So yeah. you you could throw him in a GPP, uh, but but not my favorite play out of this game. I'm with you. All right, the next 8 o'clock game is Minnesota and Chicago, and this is an exciting one. I like this 229 total, Chicago favored by four. And the news here is is clean. Uh, we do have a back-to-back for Minnesota, but at this point in the day, I don't see any key injury designations. So are you interested in this one? I, I, I certainly am. No question. I mean, you know, the the spread being around four and the second highest total on the board. And then you've got the, you know, the only team that that match up on both sides of the coin with 23rd and 20th defensive rating, which is not good, and fifth and sixth pace rating. 
So you got a lot of potential here for uh, some big points going up on the board. Uh, and I definitely like a, a few guys. I, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's cut and dry that it goes directly to specific guys. I think there'll be ownership spread out on both these teams. You know, the Timberwolves are 7-25, and 25, second game with the new coach. So you'd never know what to expect completely with Minnesota. It's going to be uh, a different situation. We, we don't know for sure what that rotation is or the minutes that are going to be allotted uh, completely. We have a sense of it and you can, you know, you can take a few chances there, but, you know, I wouldn't say it's concrete. Now on the Chicago side, it is. They're 14 and 16 and, and playing pretty decent ball. Uh, and I think they've got multiple guys. Uh, I played Patrick Williams last time out and he had a fantastic game. He's really coming into his own. Uh, he's a potential play. Wendell Carter smashed the last game. I mean, it was against, uh, was it against Houston with it no was. bigs? Yes. Yeah. See, that's, that's the other reason, you know, if Carter smashed that big, it makes you think Jared Allen could have, make some huge noise today. But, you know, Cat isn't exactly uh, defensive uh, presence. And so Carter certainly deserves some attention. Um, you know, you can go up to my favorite guy, Levine, uh, in a case like this. He certainly could have one of his blowout games. Um, there'll be some, you know, some guys looking for value with Temple. And he's, tell you what, if, if you plug him in at that low price, He's getting 30-some minutes, and he's going to get high 20s generally in, in DFS points. High floor, but not a high ceiling. So he's a decent cash play for a guy to help make your, your salary work. Uh, but, you know, on a nine-game slate, I hate to take that many risks. Uh, Kobe's playing decent ball, and, you know, he's going to get to go against Rubio, uh, defense a majority of the time, and so I, I think Kobe's in play. So I I could see myself with with two of the Bulls for sure. I could make a case for all five starters really, and then you know Thad Young's been fantastic too. So I have no idea why I've been like a Bulls maniac lately, but they seem to be in good spots and they're playing well and scoring, and their games are usually pretty high up there now. As far as on the Minnesota side, and I can't wait to hear your take here, is I toiled around with with Edwards, but I do really respect Temple's defense, so that concerned me a little bit. Uh, I know you don't like him, but and, and he usually doesn't make his number, but this is the kind of game Malik Beasley could cause some trouble uh, if he gets the, the run. Uh, Vanderbilt's still a cheap price if uh, you know, you're going to get a decent amount of minutes out of him. Um, not sure I want to pay all the way up for Cat. Uh, he did smash, and he's looking like the old Cat again now after, you know, a week or so under his belt. Um, you know, I'd like to pay up for Cat, but I just don't think with more of a medium-style build that I'm shooting for today that I'll be able to do it. But I want a lot of exposure from this game uh, to maybe three guys. So what do you think? especially on the Minnesota side. I could not figure out exactly what I wanted to pinpoint there. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very similar to you in this game on both teams. I think we don't know for sure the minutes in the rotation, but in the in the game last night, the point guards basically split minutes. So I think that's a signal that they will likely split minutes again tonight since it is a back-to-back. -back. So I'm right. certainly not going to play Rubio. McLaughlin, you could go to. He's He's cheap enough. Yeah. With the starters, I actually am interested in Beasley tonight. Wow. I agree that this is a potentially good spot for him, and he's down now in the mid-6K range. He has been higher here recently, so he's the the guy I'm most likely to play for Minnesota. I, I like the spot for Cat, but a little expensive on the back-to-back. -back. And I on the Chicago side, here's where I'm really excited. I'd like to get Levine out there. I think this is a, a tremendous spot for him with the great pace on both sides, Minnesota's poor defense. He he's my pay-up guard today over guys like Steph Curry. And Kobe is in the mix as well. He's one of those guys that will go in streaks where he'll do it's not just like one game here and then one game the other direction. He'll play three or four when he's not doing much and then get hot for three or four. 
and he was great and aggressive, getting 10 rebounds against Houston, scoring it. So I, I like him in the mix, and, and all the other guys could be added as a one-off. But I'm looking at these Chicago guards big time tonight. I'm with you. And I, I saw an interview with Kobe after that last game, and he said, you know, their goal is to, to get to that 500 mark before the All-Star break. So they're only two games out of it. Uh, you know, this is a, a definite win-style game for them. Um, you know, for me, I'll throw this out there. I think Chicago minus the points, it just doesn't seem like that many points to me. Four, four and a half. I mean, I would think this is more a seven, seven and a half type situation. But certainly I possible. Know. I, I, I kind of like the over as well, over the 229. So, yeah. Chicago and the over. Book it. There you go. <laughs> All right. The next eight o'clock game, we've got Detroit in New Orleans, a 223 total. New Orleans favored by nine and a half. Detroit coming off that win in Orlando to get the split. And New Orleans is on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to play at Milwaukee tomorrow night. The news here on the Detroit side, we've got Ellington back in the lineup. He sat yesterday. And with New Orleans, we have Steven Adams as probable. So we may have good old Billy Hernan Gomez going back to the bench. Mm. Now... This one is a slow pace game, 25 yeah. and 22, but bad defense. Detroit 20th, New Orleans 28th, and these two teams played about 10 days ago. Detroit won that one. Decent scoring, 123 to 112, and the standout performer in that one was Mason Plumley. He had a triple double, 17, That's 10, crazy. and 10 against. His only of his career, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a little expensive here. Um, you could you could look there, um, not expecting a triple double, but you know he's in that same price range as Jared Allen. I would probably lean towards Jared Allen, but you know Plumlee is cheaper. With the other Detroit guys, it played out kind of like we thought with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Saban Lee. We had yeah. Saban Lee locked in last night on DraftKings, and he he paid off. Got 29 minutes. Uh, Dennis Smith played better, but he only had 18 minutes. So I'm not going to go there. Saban Lee is playable on DraftKings because he's still 3,800. And then Bay and Grant, uh, you know, again, they they make sense as a one-off, depending on your lineup construction uh, against this uh, 28th-ranked New Orleans defense. On the Pelican side, uh, Ingram and Zion were both solid against these guys. Uh, no reason you, you can't consider one of them. Uh, Lonzo Ball is also in the mix for me. Uh, so 6,400 on DraftKings, I think, is an option. And then Hart, 4K range, always in play off the bench. So you know, maybe a one-off here for me, but I'm not overly excited about this game. Yeah, I mean, it's it could be a competitive game. I know New Orleans is a big favorite here, you know, that almost double-digit spread. You know, by the way, uh, we have, uh, I saved the, the uh, post in Discord. Mr. Uh, Shane Caldwell insists that Saban Lee will outscore Lonzo Ball DFS points. How about that? That is a bold, a bold prediction. Call. It is bold. And, and uh, Lonzo Ball happens to be our thumbnail today. So, you know, he's going to use that as uh, excitement to play even better. But, uh, I, you know, I think Lonzo's a great play here. I really do. I, you know, I'm not afraid of the the Smith uh, Lee defense uh, that they're going to split on him. And I think it, even though it's a slower paced game, uh, you know, I think that there'll be a chance for him to get a lot of assists, you know, feeding it into Zion specifically. Uh, they'll certainly post him up and uh, see if he can take advantage of Grant. Now, Grant's a fine defender, but he's, you know, slight build. He's thin. Zion, you know, powered him pretty pretty good last time. And my concern about playing Grant would be the foul trouble aspect of it because, you know, once he uh, comes out and doesn't play Zion, you know, that they don't have a really good secondary matchup for him. So, you know, Zion is, is, is my second favorite play on the, the Pelican side at, uh, with Lonzo. I think they're both uh, possible. I get the Plumley thing, and I know he had a great game against them. 
Um, I, I have Adams is playing right now. He's probable, but you know, I think that Adams will do a better job on him. He had a lot of balls bounce his way and, and things, you know, the stars were aligned for him to get a triple double. So, I mean, certain regression there, you know, and his price isn't that great anymore at all. So, you know, he's, he's tempting, uh, but, but I don't want to go there. Now, the other, the two guys in Detroit I'm, I'm interested in are Saban Lee because he's going to probably get 30 minutes again. And he's playing fantastic basketball. I mean, he really is. He's taken advantage of this opportunity and his price is still decent, better on FanDuel than DraftKings. Uh, and then Sadiq Bey, uh, you know, his price hasn't jumped as high as it probably should considering he's getting minutes in the 30s consistently. And, I, you know, I think that this this kind of matchup, uh, you know, he could be decent as well. So don't want to have overexposure here. I think there there might be a little more ownership on this game because of the big names, uh, specifically on the Pelican side. Uh, and it's probably not warranted, you know, with the pace of play. But I do think, you know, Ball, Zion, uh, Sadiq Bey, and... Uh, Mr. I call him Bruce Lee, but uh, Mr. Saban Lee. I think you got to look at those guys because there's value uh, with a few of them. So interesting game. Absolutely. All right, we have one other eight o'clock tip. It's San Antonio in Oklahoma City. Two sixteen total here. Oklahoma City favored by one and a half. And there's big news here with San Antonio. So I'm going to set this rotation for you, Coach, and see what you think. Okay. Because yep. we've got. A bunch of guys out. DeRozan, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Rudy Gay, Vassal, Weatherspoon, and then LaMarcus Aldridge, questionable. So wow. there's just not much left on the roster here for San Antonio. This is how I think it's going to play out. We, we know that DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker are going to start, and Pearl's going to start. Now, if LaMarcus Aldridge is active, he, he'll obviously be out there. Then we have an opening at small forward. I think it could be somebody like Keita Bates-Diop, or if they go small, then maybe Patty Mills starts. But Pop yeah. really likes bringing him off the bench. Other than those six guys, the only guys there on the roster that I think will be out there tonight, potentially in the rotation, are Trey Jones, Trey Lyles, and Drew Eubanks. So how about that group? You know, it's it's a spot for potential value. Uh, but how do you break down that potential rotation? Well, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, really. I mean, there's they don't have that many options. As of right now, I think they they start uh, Patty Mills. That's just my guess. I think it they use Murray, Mills, and Walker uh, and with uh, Pirtle and whoever the other guy is they can, you know, that plays. Now, we have to keep an eye on this game because they're dangerously into that, you know, not having uh, eight guys. So, Hopefully nothing else goes haywire in that game and they can play it. Um, you know, the usage obviously with no bench and, and no rotation, this might be the value play. I mean, uh, you know, they're 11th and 14th, which is reasonable defensively, but they're a good pace, 10th and 11th. So, you know, then the, I think the number is a little low too, but probably considering the the lack of depth i can see why vegas has set it at that but for dfs purposes even if it does only get to 218 it's not going to be spread out like it normally is by any stretch on the san antonio side so you know i i'm interested when when you do your take but i think you pretty much have to take two spurs out of your eight-man team i i just it seems like if you Choose the right two spurs. The game doesn't even have to really stay that close. There's not a ton of options here. I know we can't trust Pop, and he does really bizarre stuff, but either DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, and Jakob Pertle, those three guys for me are the three guys that I'm looking at as my top one, two, three. Probably Mills because of the value, then Murray, then Pertle. I would love to have two of those three guys no matter what because of the high 30s in minutes, because of the, the usage potential, it just, it's, it's a great opportunity. And again, you know, this is something we've never seen in previous years. We've got all these quote unquote COVID sit days where you've got teams with only eight players. 
And in general, if you can choose the right couple of guys every time that that's happened, there's usually a couple of teams that are 8, 9x. I think we had 11x the one time, uh, you know, because there's guys that are usually get 20 minutes that are getting 38 minutes, and it changes the entire complexion of their results uh, DFS-wise. It may not in the total over-under of the game, but it certainly is not dispersed again amongst, you know, multiple players. So I'm high on, on having some Spurs without question. Um, on the OKC side, you know, uh, you know, Al Horford has been steady, and I, I think that you know he's a, a decent play here at his price point. Um, certainly Shea, if you want to pay way up, but I like Dejounte Murray defense. I think he'll guard him uh, a good chunk of the time, and Maladon is is cheap enough that you know you can give him a look. But now that Oklahoma City has a, a lot of their guys back. You know, all that bench group with Diallo, et cetera, is starting to, you know, lessen the sting of the OKC guys on that side. So, you know, I I got a feeling, Andrew, I'm going to come out of this game with two spurs and probably that's it. But that's what I'm looking at now. Yeah, I'm probably the same way. Uh, I like Pirtle here to get big minutes. He's been solid lately as the starter with big minutes. Yeah. Um, Patty Mills could certainly spike here at a, at a good price. I also like Lonnie Walker, who 3500 on FanDuel, he hasn't been getting a ton of usage or minutes, really. He's right. been mostly playing 20 minutes max. But yeah. you give him closer to 30 minutes, and all of a sudden he can really uh, have a strong game and, and get a lot accomplished. So I like Lonnie Walker here. Trey Lyles, we'll have to see if he starts. Uh, That's the other wild yep. card, yeah. So don't don't forget about him. He's a potential play. I'm, I'm not going to play Keita Bates-Diop. By the way, he's 0 for 9 on the season from the field. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> on the OKC side... I'll take the over going forward. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Shea is, is a lot cheaper on FanDuel at 7,500, but it's a crowded uh, shooting guard position over there today. Yeah. So not sure I'll go there. And then Maladon and Dort are pretty cheap on FanDuel, but I don't like that Maladon recently, uh, last four games, he hasn't gotten more than seven field goal attempts in any game. So he's out there a decent amount. He's involved, uh, but more of a cash game option at best. He doesn't have that ceiling without more shot attempts. So I'm likely to avoid the OKC side and just get some value with the Spurs. Same thing. All right, two games left before we build that two ga- two brains are better than one lineup. The 9 mm-hmm. o'clock game tonight, we've got Charlotte in Phoenix. The Suns favored by 10. Man, they are rolling after that blowout win over Portland, 132-100. to 100. And yep. Charlotte coming in on a blowout loss to Utah, 132-110, to 110, where Utah shot, shot the lights out and set a franchise record for three-pointers. 225 total tonight. Charlotte has the average pace, average offense, slightly below average defense. Phoenix is the more the team with the, the extremes here. With that slow pace, they're 29th. But they're great offensively now with Chris Paul. They're 6th, and they've got that top 10 defense. So not really thrilled about the situation for Charlotte here. Devontae Graham is out, Caleb Martin out, and Hayward questionable. So if, Hay- if Hayward sits, then maybe some... There's a tiny bit of value here, but you know, with these guys out like Graham, they've really priced up the guards for Charlotte, especially on DraftKings. So they're yeah, they've basically priced out for me. On FanDuel, Rozier is seventy three hundred. Uh, you could look there as for a bounce back spot. He did not play well against Utah. Cody Zeller is a cheap option here, five K or less on both sites. I think he'll get solid minutes against Aiden. He hasn't been getting minutes in the 30s. No. So uh, not not a great situation there, but this could be a spot where he gets back in the groove a little bit. On the Phoenix side, uh Paul and Booker are both in play for me uh and you know slightly better options in terms of price than LaMelo for example. Um so one of those guys potentially for me, 
And then the guys off the bench, the, you know, they're the GPP dart throws because with Cam Johnson, Sarich, Crowder getting 20 minutes or so, you know, any of the three could go off, but it's it's a little bit tough to predict which one. It's It basically comes down to who gets the open threes and do they knock them down. So, you know, no one really here that I'm too excited about. Maybe Zeller, maybe Rozier, maybe Booker. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. If I'm a coach preparing to play the Suns and I look at their team, they're 20 and 10 now. I mean, they're 10 games over 500. Uh, you know, a team that is just riding high off after the 8-0 bubble and Monty getting control of that team and then bringing Paul in. I mean, everything is working. But if I'm a coach preparing to play them, I am stymied because they have so many weapons in different ways they can beat you with Paul and Booker. And, you know, Bridges can knock the shots down. Kaminsky can, you know, you can't leave him standing at the three-point line. And then, of course, Aiton in the paint. And then the depth off the bench. Those guys are all contributing. And they're not getting 10, 12 minutes like you mentioned there's a lot of those guys getting 22, 24 minutes, which splits it up. So not only are they winning, but they're deep. They're using a lot of guys. You can't just focus stopping like on Portland where you stop Dame or double run Dame. You know, you got to make somebody else beat you. But on Phoenix, it's just it's very difficult. And what that translates, same thing is, you know, we talk about all the time is it's hard to hone in on a Phoenix guy or two that you think, okay, this is a perfect smash spot for him. And then he could just that night be one of the also rands for them and somebody else steps up. So it's hard to, to, to really focus uh, on, on, you know, uh, really counting on a Phoenix guy to blow it out. You know, if there's anybody on the Phoenix side, you know, that I like it's, it's uh Booker, but, I'm not convinced that Rogier doesn't guard Booker and Ball guards Paul. Uh, and I love Rogier's defense. So, uh, you know, it may flip flop where he plays Paul some of the time as well. But as of now, I think he'll start on Booker. And uh, I'm just, you know, as usual, not going to roster any Suns uh, at all. Now, I need the Hayward news. If Hayward sits, I definitely will play either Rogier or Ball. Can't afford both of them. But the usage piece with Hayward out really falls in those their two laps. You know, with no Graham, no Hayward, Ball and Rozier, it's going to be all you can eat. And you're going to get, you know, a little bit more Monk off the bench as well. But uh, I definitely want to get that news before I make that decision because it's not like before where you could throw one of those guys in and they were mid-priced and you felt comfortable with it. They both cost a pretty penny, so you got to make sure they're going to have high usage. I want zero to do with any of the bigs from Charlotte, so I'm never going to waste time talking about them. They will not give Zeller more than like 22 or 24 minutes that I've seen in like 10 games. PJ's not consistent whatsoever. Biombo off the bench, I don't want any of that Lamarkey or whatever you want to call it. All right. Well, we've got... uh... An exciting game to finish up with in terms of think? the powers out west as the Lakers and Jazz are going to face off in Utah. The only 10 o'clock game, 219 total, and the Jazz favored by nine because that fellow named Anthony Davis won't be out there. Kuzma yeah. and Markeith Morris are probable and everybody healthy over on the Utah side. So any interest here in the late night game? You know, I I am so excited to watch this game. Utah 25 and 6 and they're just beating the daylights out of people. It's incredible. And they're almost a double digit favorite. I don't believe and and we'll have to look this up, Andrew. Have you seen one time that the Lakers have almost been a double digit dog since LeBron's gone there? It probably hasn't happened. I doubt that it has either. So, I mean, that that is pretty amazing. And that is a testament to how incredible Utah's playing. So I haven't paid up for a whole lot of guys. Guess what? I'm going with LeBron, man. I This is going to be, he knows this game is going to be watched by everybody. It's a litmus test for what's going to come up into the playoffs. 
This very well could be the Western Conference final preview. And I know that they don't have AD, and that's a built-in excuse. But when have you seen LeBron not get himself beyond hype for a game like this? And it, it, I just I think he's going to come out and just dominate in, in stretches. And it's not – I know Utah's phenomenal. Their defense is phenomenal. And they just are playing better than anybody in the league. But it's not like they have that one lockdown defensive guy to guard LeBron. Uh, they'll probably put Royce O'Neal on him. He's their specialist. But he's not like a first-team all-NBA defender, in my opinion. And I just think LeBron uh, steps up and really owns this game. I think he could – I know it sounds crazy. It's only a 218-and-a-half total. They're almost a double-digit dog. But I think LeBron could be the highest go- scoring guy on this slate. And that's that's really putting myself out there. It's against Utah, in Utah. So uh, I like LeBron today. Uh, he's the guy I'm, I want to go with on that side of the ball. Uh, the secondary guy that I'm looking at at this point is Kuzma. I like the way his game is shaping and rounding into form, especially since Davis is out. He's getting more usage and playing with a little more confidence. He's more selective on his shots. I think he was forcing a lot, trying to prove himself, get the extra minutes, etc. Now he's letting the game come to him a little bit more, and I think that he's in play. Uh, on the Utah side now, you know, we we haven't had this. Lakers are one and Utah's two in defense. So we have the two best defensive teams. So, you know, you don't want to go too deep here. And it's not exactly a tap dancing on 17th and 20th on pace. So, you know, if anybody stacks this game, it's uh, good luck with that because I just I don't think that that's really the way to go. Um, you know, I would like to have a correlation for James on the other side of this. And, you know, Mitchell's going to be the guy that everybody's buying up to. But I don't particularly think, uh, you know, price wise, it makes a lot of sense for me anyway. I would prefer to go with one of these three secondary guys, Conley, Bogdanovich, or Clarkson. I think those three are in a price range that it makes sense. I think all three of them are going to get a ton of burn in this game, and I think that that's a very reasonable spot to go with one of those somewhat value guys uh, to bumper uh, correlate correlation-wise against James. I don't want to go go bear here. I think Gasol throws a big enough body at him and can still defend and, uh, you know, do a decent enough job. And again, there's not going to be a ton of pace. There's going to be good defense. And I know it limits LeBron's, you know, the, the, the pressure to buy up for LeBron here. And I think, I don't think he'll have the ownership he normally does. Uh, but I just think that with AD out and the fact that he knows they can't step in there and get their doors blown in just for the psychological aspect of, you know, how that starts formulating as they get into the second half and close to the to the uh, playoffs. And is is this an island game for the Lakers, Andrew? It is. I, yeah, that's, that's what I have marked down as well. And that's the other piece that I like. I don't think there's going to be any, you know, saving uh, LeBron the extra five minutes or whatever like they may if, if it was a back-to-back and – you know, so that's where I'm going to go. It could be uh, looks like a, a LeBron in a value for Utah, and uh, hopefully, uh, having LeBron at a lower ownership will pay off. Yeah, I like LeBron here. Also, I think. Do he, you? Yeah. Great. Yep. Good. He's, he's got to step up. There's no other option, and I think he's going to look at what Ben Simmons did against Utah. Remember when he had that monster game with Embiid out, and how did he succeed? He got it done in transition. And yeah, I think that's that's what you have to do is is LeBron's going to try to push it whenever he can, get to the rack, score in transition. So I, I like LeBron here. Uh, Pope is still cheap as a shooting guard on FanDuel. Not sure if I'll go with any other Lakers here. Uh, with Utah, I agree. It probably won't, won't pay up for Donovan Mitchell here. More likely one of the cheaper options. Royce O'Neal I like in the 4K range on both sites. Ingles playable for me at 5,100 as a small forward on FanDuel. But, yep, probably going to save a spot for LeBron here and hope he dominates. Nice. I love it. I love it. Why don't we just transition right to two brains and start right with LeBron James? Okay. Is that 
Is that okay with you? That's, I know he's 104, yep. and it ain't 104, good buddy. It's 10,400. Yep. So here we go. We got. We need value right away. <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, yeah. So since this is a, a GPP lineup, we're going to get some value in there. Yes. Um, but I want to go with another high-priced star here. Uh oh. Um, I know you don't like him probably quite as much as I do, but this is if Kemba is out. I think Tatum takes over. He puts the team on his back. Boston sure. Boston needs this win, so I'm going to get Tatum in there at 9400. I have no problem with Tatum. Uh, now I gotta, I'm going to try to find value right away, though, so we don't get ourselves in such a pickle that we can't get out of it. But I, I think Tatum's terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm going to go with $3,800 point guard Patty Mills. Okay. All right. He's going to get 30-some minutes. Yep, that could certainly work. Yeah. Good with that. Um, I would like to go with another star here and oh, uh goodness yep i'm gonna turn the usually tables. you're the value i guy know and i'm the spender i know let's see how it works out if we switch it up a little bit i want to get levine in there at 9800 Yep. okay so boy now we're gonna be talk about stars and scrubs yep we can okay. do it though okay holy cow what does that leaves us 5320 per man for the next five guys <laughs> now we grind it out. Oh Lord, so much for Jared Allen was next my next pick, but we can't afford him. So, uh, let's see. Oh man, uh, that threw me a small curveball. I'll tell you what. What do you think of fifty four hundred dollar Wendell Carter Jr. against Minnesota? Could do that. Pirtle is eight hundred more. But, I'm trying to salvage dollars. Yep. You know, fifty four hundred is right on our budget. Uh, I don't trust Pop as far as I can throw him. Let's let's go with Carter. Okay. All right. Well, another guy in that range that I think could help make this lineup work would be Kendrick Nunn at fifty six hundred. Yes. So that's we, a smart play. If we get him in there. Um, just make sure everybody follows us here on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. We'll make our changes to this lineup if necessary there on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I like this team a lot so far. I'm really liking this. I like this even for cash as of right now. But um, all right. I'm looking at a spot for value here that could cause some trouble. I'm tempted to go back to my guy. I'm going to do it. He's playing so well right now, and he's only 4,800, and that's Patrick Williams. Okay. Minnesota stinks. <laughs> All right. I'm staying on budget. We're right at 5,400 for the last two guys. All right. Well, what happens here if I go with... Uh, somebody you often like, and and I I, I said it earlier. I'm 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 more on him today than usual. Malik Beasley at 6,500 as a small forward. Man, you're making me go to the dollar store for my picks today. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the Beasley call though. Um, I'm completely comfortable with that. that How much us, is he? He's 65. Okay. So that gives us 4,300 as a shooting guard. Shooting guard for 4,300. Let's see what we can do there. Ooh, that stings a little. Okoro, Windler, Ellington, Horton, Tucker, Naismith, Matthews, Pope, Walker. Ooh, nobody jumps out at me there. I like Pope and Walker as potential plays there. Um... Let's see here. How much is Walker? 35. I mean, he's, you know, I said I wanted to have at least two Spurs, and so I, I that's fine. What does that leave us, though? It leaves us 800 left over. Well, we let's, could, go, let's go buy up somewhere, then. We could actually go back to Carter and pay up to Pirtle. Or we could... 
let me just make sure on Patrick Williams if there's not a steal for 5600 just okay. to make sure for 5600 we could get no I don't like him him or him all right let's go back and and switch from Carter to Pirtle. and that gives us three spurs which I'm completely comfortable with tonight uh, you know, three is uh, is plenty. Two or three is the way to go. Okay, so that's it, right? We got it? We got it. So You want to read it off? Yep, we got Nunn and Mills, Levine and Lonnie Walker, LeBron and Malik Beasley, Jason Tatum, Patrick Williams, and Pirtle. So yep. uh, give that a go on, on FanDuel. Ho- hopefully it works out. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter, DFS Coach Talk. We'll make edits there if necessary. Um, if you want to get the other lineups that we're going to give out tonight to our members, join us at dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up directly there to become a member. Or if you want to make your first deposit at betus.com.pa for $149, go there, use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, and you're going to get to use that money at BetUS and get a free membership with us all the way until June 1st. So it's our best deal ever. We encourage you to go do that. Once you've done it, let us know on Twitter. Again, at DFS Coach Talk. Love to have you subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't already. And we'll be back again tomorrow with more NBA coverage. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.